Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley, along with my guy, Scotty D, joining us as well. A lot to talk about this week in the world of sports. Lots of stuff going on in the world. Scotty D's got some cool stories that he's going to talk about. We're going to talk about some March Madness, of course. We're going to talk a little NFL football. Lots going on. Draft is on the way. Free agency is still going on. Uh, Also, a couple... Veteran quarterbacks have found themselves new teams. One guy's going back to his old team. And tough news out of Athens. And we'll talk about that as well. But, Scotty D, man, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm well, man. How are you today? Hey, man, all good, man. I hear you happy over there. You uh, you said you got the house all to yourself. No kids, no wife, nothing in the house. So uh, what's it like being at the house all by yourself? I mean, you like walking around butt naked or something? I mean, what, what are you doing? I got nothing on under this T-shirt, <laughs> nothing below the T-shirt. Oh, no, man, I'm just, I'm just, man, what a great weekend we just had. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to talk about it and to talk about what's going on in the NFL. Yeah, man, a lot going and on. The man, for sh- yeah, man, Hawks. Yeah, Hawks was on that big winning streak, man. Uh, we got a good guest on today, man. Our, our man uh, who writes for The Athletic and covers the Hawks. Uh, we'll be joining us. Chris Kirshner will be talking about the Hawks. And I got a few questions for him, Scotty. I know you as a Atlanta Hawks fan, as a guy who watches more basketball right now than I do, has some good questions for our man Chris. So we're going to pick his brain on these Hawks and yeah. see exactly how far we think these Hawks can take it as they're playing some pretty good basketball, but on this real tough West Coast swing right now. Uh, but mm-hmm. we'll get into that more with Chris uh, in a little bit. But let's jump into the NFL, man. Obviously, a lot of news going on around the National Football League. Uh, let's start with the Tampa Bay Bucks still signing all their dudes. <laughs> they said if they won the Super Bowl that they will be able to sign all their guys back. And guess what? They on the right track right now. Just coming out of this, the Bucks have signed their offensive tackle Donovan Smith to a two-year, $31.8 million extension with 30 mil guaranteed over the next two years. So let to find that tackle spot protecting the franchise that is Tom Brady. And as well as they signed Indomica Subak, who's actually been on a one-year deal with the Bucks the last couple of years. Uh, but he signs back for a one-year, $10 million deal. New signings. What do you think, Scotty? I mean, I mean, is it unbelievable they've still been able to sign all these dudes? Yeah, I, I think that it is a little bit. I'm su- It's surprising. But I tell you what, I think, you know, they're setting up to be – legit contenders the next two years yeah you know they they are they are all in for the next two years i love all these short contracts they're able to give to give people because usually teams that go to the super bowl they can't keep everybody and there's a couple pieces that won't be able to stay but they they can't keep everybody and and inevitably you win a super bowl because everything clicked everything went right and they take a little bit of a step back um and they're probably they they they're making sure that they're not going to do that for the next two years Right. And, you know, the crazy thing about it is this is a team that when you say dudes are signing that one year deal, it's because they know they're going to win. They're looking to get another Super Bowl ring. They're looking to build on their particular legacy. So these guys are willing to take these one year deals. A lot of these guys are maybe on the back end of their, you know, kind of playing careers. But then there's some guys like a Shaq Barry, Levante David, who actually got paid. But guys like Indomitian Sue, who have been around for a while, don't mind taking this one year deal. And see what happens. There ain't nothing like winning. And now these guys trying to keep it rolling. So uh, the Bucks are doing everything they can to keep that shit rolling down and, and playing some uh, really quality football. Other news, talking about some QBs. Uh, moving on, Joe Flacco. He signs with the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year, three-and-a-half million guarantee. He can earn up to $4 million in incentives. Uh, looks to be the backup in Philadelphia with uh, for Jalen Hurts. Uh, but something tells me, even though they signed Flacco, even though they feel good about Jalen Hurts, do you see them drafting a QB? I think they're at six. You think they still draft the QB? No. Uh, I, I read an article that Lurie, the Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, is is all about Jalen Hurts. They got rid of Carson Wentz. I, no, I, I don't see it. I think they're trying to ride with Jalen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, too. I mean, I think 
when you got rid of Carson, you knew exactly what you had on the roster. Yeah. And I think his his last sample size was pretty good. Um, uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts played well, has been a winner everywhere he's been. Yeah. So I think they want to give him an opportunity, man. And now you're bringing a veteran guy like Flacco to back him up just in case, you know, he gets hurt or gets dinged up. You got a guy who can, you know, play three, four games and keep the ship on the on the track. So we'll see uh, how well that works out for him. But Flacco is with the Eagles. All right. Other news, Marcus Mariota restructured his deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. He signed a two-year, $17.6 million deal last March. Now, he was scheduled to make 10.6 in his base salary in 2021, but now he is restructured, and now he's on a one-year, $3.5 million deal that can get to $8 million in incentives. And reading on this story, uh, they wanted him to take a pay cut, obviously, because he's making a lot of money. And he said, hey, I love being a Raider. I love being in Vegas. It's the closest thing to, like, living in Hawaii for me. Uh, they call it one of, uh, one of the places he'd love to be at. So uh, congrats to uh, Marcus Mariota getting that done. I know he's taking less money, but, hey, he's in a place where he's happy. Uh, you ever heard of a backup quarterback restructuring their deal for salary cap? <laughs> hey, when you when you make it as much as Marcus Mariota was, you got to find a way to to stay on the team. And I'm sure he has some suitors maybe, but I don't think a lot of teams want to take on that $10 million salary that he was supposed to make here in 2021. So the best thing for him was to restructure Good that one going forward. So Flacco, Mariota, two uh, veteran guys having still having their jobs uh, and being a, a, a quality backup for these teams going forward. Um, other news is obviously what's going on with Deshaun Watson. This has been probably the most talked about story, I think, over the past 10 days. We talked about it last week. Uh, I think last week when we talked about it, it was – maybe six lawsuits, and now it's all the way up to 16, I saw, uh, lawsuits that have been uh, filed against him. Uh, it's an unbelievable story right now, a lot going on. The two attorneys are going back and forth, issuing statements going back and forth. Uh, this has become one of those type of stories that you just want to see the truth. You want to see what comes out of it, what happens, because right now it doesn't look good on Deshaun's side, and obviously uh, his attorney, Rusty Harden, uh, as his attorney believes that any allegation that Deshaun uh, forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. So a lot of news in the news about Deshaun. Uh, Scotty, what's your take on this whole entire story, man? Because each day it seems like there's a new twist yeah. or turn. Yeah, that's what I, that was going to be the first thing out of my mouth. I, I don't know what to think because it's 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 you hear one one release one day, the other side has something to say the next day. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I there, there's so many opinions out there about it, whether, you know, it's the the the, the most outlandish is the, the Texans are trying to, you know, besmirch Deshaun's, you know, reputation. Right. Um, and while I have a hard time believing that the Texans are doing that, fans are crazy, DJ. No doubt. I don't I don't put it beneath fans to do something stupid like that. Um but you you have to give you have to hear it out you know and that's the a part of a big part of the problem with accusations like this because there's been man it's been a revolving door of these of these kind of accusations in in the United States in general not just in the sports world over the last you know five four or five years I guess you got to hear you got to hear everything out no doubt you can't just you can't no just you, you can't prosecute somebody before they they get their day in court you know right and right. Uh, so I'm you know every everybody's nobody dislikes Deshaun Watson right, right. so everybody's hoping that these other people are are up to no good you know so that's what i hope for but um you know if if he's if he's guilty of some stuff then he needs to answer and um but but i will say this there's a big difference in engaging in i'll call it immoral sexual stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a yep. difference between that yeah and forcing some and and straight up assault right and whatever else you know no that, there's the, yeah. there's a difference there yeah and the thing that i saw uh the attorney busby was talking about they have text messages and all this kind of stuff and i saw a couple text messages that says where deshaun is asking the massage therapist are you comfortable with his glutes i mean are you comfortable with doing glutes and for me that's not incriminating at all because as an athlete, uh, mm -hmm. as a guy who's got plenty of massages in my day, 
that's a big part of you playing to your ability because you're growing your, your glutes, all that kind of stuff has to be relaxed just as much as your hamstrings, just as much as your shoulders. Those are all things that uh, I think are in the right to ask. And sure. that right there, I don't think is incriminating at all. Uh, mm-hmm. It was another nope. uh, tech message that uh, I think he said, Hey, I'll, I apologize if I made you uncomfortable. That wasn't uh, my intention. So you know, still, I don't think there's nothing there that's incriminating to Deshaun Watson just yet. But like you just mentioned, yeah. man, uh, everything's got to come to the light. Everything's got to come out. Uh, they're going to present these findings. They're going to present these, uh, I want to say, uh, people to uh, the public, and we'll see what happens going forward. So uh, until then, I will reserve judgment. I know you're doing the same. Uh, but just unfortunate situation that this is happening and that this many this many mm-hmm. lawsuits are being filed. That's the one thing that it, it kind of puzzles me is how many different massage therapists there are. I mean, in this particular yeah. case, I mean, like, and a guy in his position, you would think, you would think that he would have maybe one or two massage therapists because sure. I know plenty of guys who have his, you know, stature of money and they have yeah. a massage therapist that they fly everywhere or wherever they're at, they bring them to where they are. You know, once you find one you're comfortable with, then you're good. Now, he may not find one he's comfortable with. Maybe he just, yeah. you know, wherever he's at. You know, I don't know uh, the entire story with it. But ultimately, the amount of lawsuits is what's really uh, – that really gets kind of pokes me a little bit like, wow. Yeah. How can it be so many, you know? Yeah, and I just – and I'll just say this one last thing is, is that's the biggest issue with a 24-hour news cycle and social media that there always has to be something going on. They always have to have something new and something, and they're just pounding it. Right. And then in situations like this, these, these, these people get uh, prosecuted in the, in the uh, court of public opinion. Right. And, and it's just, it's not fair. That's not, that's not what our legal system is supposed to be about. So, right. <clears throat> All right, man, moving on to Sean Watson. Hey man, uh, a lot of stuff happening with that story. We'll wait, like I said, to pass judgment on all that kind of stuff and see what pans out and what happens until then. Uh, he's an innocent to proven guilty. So we'll see what happens on all those accounts and see how all this shakes out for Deshaun Watson and everybody involved. Uh, the other big news going on in the sports world, bigger than free agency, bigger than the NFL, freaking March madness is happening. Yeah. And when I say madness, it has been madness. I'm not sure I know anybody who has a bracket right now that works. That is spot on because there have been some major upsets. There have been some dudes that's been balling out. There's some teams who have looked apart, and there's some teams that have fell completely off the scale when they get into March Madness. Uh, obviously, we got the Sweet 16 uh, right here on the horizon. The women have also uh, began their March Madness. Uh, all the number one seeds in the women are actually winning. Uh, some of the ones in the men have absolutely fell to the wayside, but. Uh, big games coming up this weekend, March 27th. Uh, this weekend, you got Oregon State, who's the 12th seed, taking on Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean. That is who I'm riding with. How can you go against Sister Jean, who prays, but also in the middle of her prayer, gives a scouting report? She did this just this past uh-huh. weekend with their game. She is praying with the team, and as she's praying, she says, this team does not get out and run. They don't get on the offensive glass. Maybe that is something we can exploit. Thank you. Wow. You know, so uh, Sister Jean, man, is making her presence known, man. Also, you got number five, Villanova, taking on number 11, Baylor. Number 15, Old Roberts, taking on number three, Arkansas. And number 11, Syracuse versus number two, Houston. These are the games that are happening this Saturday coming up and then on Sunday I think which is the tougher part of it when you got number five Creighton versus the number one seeded Zags who look almost unbeatable mm-hmm. uh FSU uh fourth seed taking on number one Michigan I think that's gonna be a really good game and then number yeah. 11 UCLA taking on Bama who I saw uh one one team said Bama is the fifth number one seed they just got them at number two because mm-hmm. of how good they are and then number seven Oregon taking on number Six is that six or sixteen? One six six in USC. Yeah, yeah, number six in USC. So, what's been, uh, I should say, uh, the best part of this March Madness for you? Just 
I mean, it's just been madness, DJ. I'm looking at I'm looking at my bracket here, and Oral Roberts, man, that's a fun team to watch. Right. Uh, the the UCLA story, I find I find pretty cool that they had to play a playoff game, and they've just wrapped off a couple couple big wins. And um, you know, in that bracket, that bracket where Michigan is the top seed, that to me was the most wide open of possibilities uh, out of any of the any of the regions. You had Michigan, Alabama. Uh, Texas and Florida State as the top four seeds. And, and I honestly could have gone with any of them. Uh, I actually kind of faded the number one seed, Michigan. Um, I didn't put them – I didn't put them first in either one of my brackets. Uh, or I put them in my final four. Right, man. But, uh, Howard got the Wolverines playing real good basketball, yeah, man. He does. I, and, and I respect that, but they're missing a, a key player. You know, they're missing a really big player in livers. But uh, – I got uh, in my two brackets. I got Alabama and Florida State coming out of the, out of that region. So we'll see. They're both mm. still alive, which is nice. Mm. So you saying the Zags are gonna go down? No, no, no. That's a different area. That's oh, okay. a different region. Okay, but I'm just saying. I mean, who is your final four right now? So Sweet sixteen happening right now. Who is your final four? I've got um, Gonzaga, right? Florida State, yeah. Houston and uh, Baylor. Mm. that's in one and the other one i have alabama instead of florida state yeah see i'm i'm torn between because I've, I've seen bama play a couple times they are freaking good fsu yeah. didn't win their uh right. acc tournament we know georgia tech beat him but fsu is still a really good team uh obviously gonzaga they're number one seed for a reason and that's the reason why they're good loyal chicago is i think the hidden gem in all this because i've heard all the stories about they have been seated wrong they shouldn't have been where they are and it's just yeah. running through people, ran through Illinois. I mean, Lord Chicago is going to be a problem. And the other thing, Arkansas, man, Arkansas plays some really good basketball. They they yeah. are, you know, they're number three seed. Uh, they take on Oral Roberts on Saturday. But I think this is going to be interesting as we got some ringing of the doorbells. See, you see, you, you ain't that much at home. You, get, you got some Amazon packages. <laughs> I don't know. I must. Man. I must. Oh, man. I always order something, man. Uh, but, man, a lot of good stuff going on in March Madness. I'm excited to watch uh, March Madness and see what happens. Let's let's pick a couple of these games, man. Let's, okay. Let's pick um, Michigan and FSU. Who do I'm you like? Florida, I'm, going, I'm riding Florida State. Oh, I like Michigan. I'm riding with Michigan in that one, all right? So we, got a, we already got our first disagreement in Michigan, um, FSU. Uh, another good ball game. Let's go with Baylor and Villanova. That's a that's a good matchup, Baylor and Nova. Who you liking now? Well, I got uh, I got Baylor in my final four, so I got to ride, ride with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go to the other side and go Nova, man. I'm going with Nova <laughs> okay. just because of my guy Brian Fennerin, who is a Villanova alum, uh, good buddy of mine. He's all about Nova, so uh, I'm gonna ride with Nova. So you got Baylor, you got FSU, I got Michigan, and I got Nola. Nova, right. we gonna see what happens there. All right, we we'll pick one more. You let you pick which which game you want. Um, let's pick, I don't, I don't expect either one of these teams to beat, uh, Gonzaga in the next round, but let's pick USC, Oregon. That's a, that's a PAC 10 rivalry playing in the sweet 16. Yeah, man. Who you got? I'm gonna ride with the ducks, man. I'm gonna ride with the ducks. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm torn. So I'll take USC just so we can have three different picks. I bet, bet. I'm already up on you with Justin. Thomas, I'm three and zero. So, you know, I'm, I'm three and zero on you. Know you. What I'm saying, well, I feel great about I'll, that. I win all three of these. So, <laughs> all right, man. Like I said, we got our man Chris Kirshner coming up here next to talk Hawks for, and I may ask him a little bit of stuff about other NBA stuff. Obviously, he has to keep up with the rest of the league covering the Hawks. So we'll ask him about uh, some other things going around the league, but actually going to get the insight on our Atlanta Hawks. Uh, coming up here soon. Last piece of news before Chris jumps on. Uh, breaking news on this past Tuesday, George Pickens, big-time receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs, tears his ACL Tuesday in practice. Uh, I think George Pickens was probably going to be a top 15 pick. That's how mm -hmm. good this dude, I think, was going to be with JT Daniels, with that offense coming in the second year on the Todd Munkin. Uh, so George Pickens tears his ACL. That is a huge blow for Georgia yeah. losing their number one receiver. Um, and you think about it. They're just starting spring practice. They were going to get into the offseason. They were starting to get to rapport with each other. Now you lose that. Uh, you know, 
Usually ACLs take about six months, um, but they say he's already started the rehab process. He's had surgery, uh, but definitely a blow to that Georgia offense losing a dynamic player like George Pickett. So uh, we'll see what happens down the road with Georgia uh, going forward. But obviously they're going to need him. They want to make a run uh, Mm -hmm. this next season um, going into the SEC season. All right, man, let's jump on here next. We got our man Chris Kirshner joining us here on the Triple Day Podcast. Coming up next to talk the Atlanta Hawks. All right, welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. And like I mentioned, we have a special guest who is joining us now. My man Chris Kirshner now joining us who writes for the Athletic, covers the Hawks. Knows everything that is Hawks related. Knows everything that's going on in our basketball world. Chris, man, first off, how you doing, man? Everything good? Everybody healthy and safe? I'm doing well. Got my uh, first shot of uh, the COVID vaccine today, so I'm feeling wonderful. Chris, that's, man, you know what's pretty cool? I can get my first one today. As soon as we get done with this, I'm headed to get my first shot too. So, and you, you got any soreness? Huh? Is that- no soreness. What? No soreness. All right, man. All right, cool, cool. I'm looking forward to it, man, to get vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. But uh, before we jump into any of the Hawks stuff, I was surprised before we came on that now we got two Gators on here now. Everybody knows Scotty D's a Gator. But I did not know, Chris, you were a Gator. Uh, When did you attend that place down in Florida? I graduated in 2014. Freshman year was 2010. Um, So I was there for Georgia. Gurley was there. Uh, I think I think you guys got our number a couple yeah, yeah. of couple yeah, we of years. Ago. We, we was whooping you back then. We was whooping you back then. <laughs> y'all got us. Y'all, y'all got us this past year, but uh, you know we'll see what happens this year. No more Kyle Trask. He's gone. No more <clears throat> Pitts. He's gone. So uh, we'll see what happens with that, man. But uh, we appreciate you taking the time, bro. I know you got a lot going on. Obviously, uh, a lot going on in the basketball world, and obviously what's going on with the Hawks. Uh, they're playing some some really good basketball right now. But I want to go back to, obviously, when you lose uh, your head coach, that is a big story. That is a big deal. Uh, what do you think ultimately went into them getting rid of him at the time they did? Because I remember going and listening during that time and what happened was, you know, he actually had practice, did media day and all that kind of stuff, and then still end up uh, getting, uh, you know, cut by, by, by the team. What ultimately you think went into – them making that decision? Well, I think the biggest reason why he ended up getting fired, Lloyd Pierce, that is, is the fact that he just lost the locker room. They had started to tune him out. Um, you know, several of the players on the team just didn't have a really strong relationship with him. And especially nowadays, it's not how well can you coach X's and O's, it's can you manage. 15 egos, no um, especially on a, on a young team like this. I mean, most of the guys on this team are under 25 years old and, you know, they yeah. think they have everything figured out. Right. They, they, you know, grew up in an AAU world where, you know, everything was, was handed to them and, and they, they like things their, their way. So for Pierce, he didn't have any NBA playing experience, never played in the league. He didn't have any head coaching experience. Um, he was just a, a longtime assistant who, you know, worked his way up and, and got a head coaching opportunity. I just think for Pierce, I just don't think his style meshed very well with what the Hawks, um, the team wanted. And I, I think that was what ultimately did him in. So it wasn't the fact that, uh, you know, he wasn't a good X's and O's coach or he wasn't calling timeouts when, you know, fans <laughs> wanted him to. N- none of that. It was just the fact that, the guys on the on the roster just started tuning him out. And when that happens, you have to make a change, especially with this team that wants to make the playoffs this year. This was their goal going back to March of last year when, when Pierce publicly said that this is going to be a playoff team. So it's right. no surprise that, you know, getting rid of Pierce, they felt like doing it then it was going to lead to more wins. Turns out they were right. They mean they won they won eight straight after firing Pierce. Mm-hmm, right. Part of it part of it is definitely because the the schedule is weak. Um, but part of it is also the fact that they now have a coach that they believe in and, and trust in, and I think that's important. Scotty, let, let, let me rebut one one before you jump in. You, you talked about see that's one thing that you know I struggle with is 
you know, when people say, okay, that schedule was weak or, you know, people say, oh, when I remember I played in the NFL, like, oh, you're playing the freaking Jaguars and, you know, they're 0-10. But at the end of the day, these dudes are NBA players. They are legit players. The reason why the NBA, um, what is the, the the stigma behind that is saying, okay, if, even though I know that team may be weak, but how does that come out as far as players? Do they look at it in the same light as, okay, this team is struggling, but they still got the NBA players, or is it just simply these dudes don't play well together? Well, I mean, from talking with, with the guys over the past three seasons, which is as long as I've been covering this team, I mean, they definitely look at win-loss records and, you know, mm. who, who's tanking, who's not tanking, who's oh, your wow. – building yeah. who's got who's got you know <clears throat> bad players who, who's not really a good player on the floor they definitely look at that they might not say it publicly oh, like yeah. after mm-hmm. games like hey <laughs> like this team stinks like we should this team. <laughs> but i mean like when you're talking one-on-one with these guys i mean i i, I know how they feel about certain teams and, and players so they definitely yeah. look at that but i will say um in regards to the the weaker schedule is the fact that before McMillan took over, they were losing in these teams. I mean, yes. they lost to Oklahoma City. That's they the lost key. to Cleveland a couple times. They lost to – I mean, the Knicks are, are doing okay, but, like, these teams that they should should beat, again, because they want to be in the playoffs and, and they think they have a really good team depth-wise, they should be beating these teams, and they were losing to those teams. So after McMillan took over, I mean, they, they did win eight straight and they did take care of businesses, which is what they should have done. That's what exactly what I was going to say. And you've already you've also already answered my next question, which was how much do you think that streak uh, was due to the coaching change? I, I, Lloyd Pierce was, by all accounts, from an outsider, seemed like a great guy, a great mentor. But but what I think is very interesting and in this day and we've already talked about it on the show today already once in this day of uh, 24 hour news cycles and social media. I wasn't hearing any of this. Um, any of this that there was separation in the locker room? How how does something like that stay so, especially with you, you know, you being around it so much, how does that stay kind of under wraps? Well, I mean, I I did report last year that there was friction between um, Trey and Lloyd specifically. Mm. Um, Okay. From a reporter's perspective, it's hard to, you know, harp on that fact when you're around the guys every single day. Um, Oh, of course. I mean, at the end, Lloyd and myself did not see eye to eye because um, you know, he felt that I was asking hard questions. I don't really know. Um, mm. But he he didn't like um, – by the time he left, we were not uh, the best of friends, I would say. You, got, you, guys um, didn't, you guys didn't have the heart emoji at times? No? No, 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 no heart emoji. <laughs> uh, broke, probably broken heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just the business. I mean, there were many moments throughout, especially last season when the team wasn't playing well, that you knew something was wrong just with the way the team would answer questions like the players after games, Lloyd would say frequently that like the team had no energy, no effort. Mm. And the players absolutely hated that because, you know, they're the ones out on the floor giving, giving it all. Like no, no player is, trying to tank on purpose no no players out there point shaving like that doesn't that's not happening so to say so for the coach to say like you know we had no effort we had no energy they took it personally and like they would make it known that i mean this is ridiculous that someone would say something like this when we are the ones who are out on the floor trying to win it's not our fault that the roster isn't good and it's not built to win um so it, it just got to a point where there was no turning back and there was no way that it could be fixed. And, you know, obviously that's why they had to make a change. Awesome. My man, Chris Kirchner joining us here on the triple threat podcast, right for the athletic and covers our Atlanta Hawks here. Uh, fast forward, Chris, we're talking about uh, obviously Lord Chris is gone. Now coach McMillan is the guy. And you mentioned they went on an eight game win streak. Should have won the other night versus the Clippers mm-hmm. up big uh, in the second half of that ball game. But during that eight-game win streak, uh, regardless of who the opponent is and what's going on, what has been the biggest difference with this ball club through those eight games? Well, even through the, the game they just lost the other night that has made them become and play a little bit better than they have at the beginning of the season. 
I think for one, um, the defense has really stepped up. Like even in that first half against the Clippers game, which you just said, like they, they lost that game, they were flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really wasn't the case prior to McMillan taking over. McMillan has been known, even when he was uh, playing for the the Sonics when he was a player, he's a defensive guy. He he prides himself on that end of the floor. He expects his team to fly around defensively and, and give it all. That hasn't really been the case over the past couple of seasons for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, and before uh, the game against the Clippers the other night, they had the second best defense in, in the league um, during that stretch of eight games. Right. And you could tell that the the players were really making it a point to be as good as they possibly could be on that end of the floor. I think that's going to continue because, again, uh, McMillan just expects that from his team, and, and he's not going to tolerate guys lollygagging on, on that end of the floor and, and just trying to score as many points as they can and not giving in on, on the other end. So I think that's going to continue, and I think that's um, a good thing for the Hawks because they need that, especially when it comes time to the playoffs. Playoff basketball and regular season basketball are, are two totally different things. Mm-hmm, the the yeah. defensive intensity – ramps up in the playoffs guys aren't you know just strolling back on on defense and not giving it at all giving it their all so i think that is important for them moving forward that they continue that effort so let me ask you this next question about the coaching situation i've seen reports where um they're talking to kenny smith and chauncey billups kenny smith having never coached that i know of chauncey billups just started coaching in november this year um, what, what, how do you see, first of all, do you think those are true that those two guys are being looked at? It's, it's clear that there's a, we want, a, you know, to work with Trey in particular, we want this, uh, former NBA point guard, because that's what all three of these guys are, including coach McMillan and these other two guys, NBA point guards that had long careers that were successful. Do you, is it clear that that's the type of coach they're going to go after? Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, one, it's too early to say who's going to be the next head coach and who they're talking to. They're not talking to anybody right now. They're, yeah. I mean, they they have uh, – they're likely going to let this season play out and see how McMillan does. If McMillan mm-hmm. does well and he's done well so far, um, you know, he's obviously going to get the first crack at being the next head coach. He has 16 years of experience. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's, he's a former point guard. I do think that's important um, because – Trey Young is the centerpiece of this team and he is going to be the centerpiece of the team for, yeah. you know, they hope for over a decade to come. So for, for the Hawks, it's important to get someone that Trey respects. I, I do think, again, I, I said it earlier, the fact that Lloyd didn't play in the league, he didn't have any head coaching experience. I think that definitely mattered because, um, just from talking with the guys um, over the, over the past three seasons, they're looking at Lloyd saying like, well, what does this guy know? He's never Mm. played. He's never played in the league. He's never Mm. been a head coach in the league. So why would I listen to him when I'm in the league and and I'm doing this? So I think it's important that they get someone who has either head coaching experience or, um, playing experience. I mean, you look at what Brooklyn's done bringing in Steve Nash. Yeah. Um, Nash was never a coach. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Brooklyn is probably the title favorite in my opinion, especially if they get Kevin Durant healthy and hundred percent. I don't know how a team could stop them. Even the Lakers when, when they become a hundred percent healthy with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think again, nowadays it, it's it's not about X's and O's and how well you can how, how well you can draw um, out of bounds plays and sideline out of bounds plays. It's it's not not about that really anymore. I mean, there, it's obviously a part of the game, but it's about how can you sure. get these fifteen guys to connect with one another, believe in one another, be okay if you know if Trey is isn't the star of the game. Right? Is he going to be okay with? Kevin Herter being the star of the game or John Collins being the star of the game. And if you get a coach who can do that and, and make, make these guys believe in one another, I think that's what's going to be most important in, in the next head coach, whether it's McMillan or someone else. Chris, you talked about obviously Trey being the centerpiece and everybody knows you got to have that star on your team and then you got to build around that guy. 
And you recently wrote an article about John Collins. And I know that's probably the next biggest story uh, with this Hawks team is what happens with him next. Uh, he didn't sign the, the four-year $90 million deal that was on the table before. Now, you know, there's been trade talks and, you know, the trade down and all that kind of – what do you think the future is for John Collins? Is he still here in Atlanta or you think uh, he'll be dealt somewhere else? Well, this is John's fourth season. And, you know, coming out of Wake Forest, he wasn't really seen as this kind of player where, you know, he'd be one of the biggest names out, out on the trade market. I mean, it, it's right. been pretty – uh, incredible to see where he was coming out of Wake Forest. I mean, he wasn't even a, a shooter at all in Wake Forest. He wasn't even a jump shooter, and he's shooting like 38 39%. He shot over 40% from three last year. Um, so I think for the Hawks, it's important that, you know, he was drafted here. He's grown here. Atlanta has never been a, a free agent destination. Um, even this past season, this past off season, it was really the first time that they went out and got multiple players who were even um, approaching that upper echelon of player. Chris, why um, is that, bro? Well, I mean, everybody wants to live here. You know, everybody lives here in the off season. Everybody is, you know, you see every sport, there are people who live here. Why isn't Atlanta one of those places that guys want to come and play? I mean, sorry to cut you off with John, but that mm -hmm. is one of the biggest questions I've always wanted to know is why people don't want to come to Atlanta and play when, you hear every off season and everything like right. that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've asked about it and no one really has a, a good answer. I mean, I know <laughs> the previous ownership group was just not very good um, and well-respected across the league right. that goes with agents and stuff like that. And right. you know, low balling um, players and, and that matters. Um, I think it's going to change with Tony Ressler, especially if, you know, he's willing to, go all out to win a championship. And I know that's what he wants. That's, that's his main goal. He wants to win a championship. This isn't just like a, a business opportunity and, you know, get his pockets even deeper than they are. He, he wants to win championships. So I think that that matters. I mean, he's invested in, in the arena, the arena. I mean, I've been to almost every single NBA arena now. And it's, it's certainly one of the best ones. Mm. It's certain they certainly have one of the, <clears throat> they certainly have one of the best practice facilities across the NBA. That stuff matters. Now it's just about building a, a winner on the floor, and, and you know they're they're in the early stages right now. So I, I do think it'll change, um, but we'll see. So you want to continue on about about John? It was uh, mm -hmm. you, you were talking about uh, not obviously not free agents not wanting to mm -hmm. come here. So so. Uh, Go on and tell me, and just so the listeners know, we're recording this about 24 hours before the end of the deadline. So I don't think we expect anything to happen um, at this point because they've they've had plenty of offers. But uh, what what do you what do you see? How do you see you know the next 24 hours playing out? If there's any even anything to to discuss, but also on the on the back of the end back end of the season. Um, you know, are we looking at a max contract? Are we are we looking at the Hawks? matching it um you know and what is that what are the implications on their salary cap if that happens yeah well with john specifically um he turned down that four-year 90 million dollar contract and he expects to get more money this offseason i think he's going to get more money from mm -hmm. um one team this offseason um you know it's it's certainly possible that he could get close to a max or mm -hmm. um certainly a max contract just just with the fact that he's you know 23 years old mm -hmm. he definitely has potential to be a 2010 guy every night he shoots again around 40 percent from three at his height there aren't many players across the league who can do those things and mm -hmm. if they can do those things they are getting max money Giannis, nikola Jokic. Joel Embiid, all these guys, all these big guys, Carl Anthony Towns, they're they're getting max money. I don't think Collins is in that that category yet, um, but he he can be. Um, you know, if he if he continues growing and, and he has grown every single year, so I do think that he's going to get um, a contract that he wants. It's going to be up to Atlanta to decide whether to match or not. Mm -hmm. They are definitely listing offers ahead of the the trade deadline. Um, they've been listing sending offers on John dating back to last year's trade deadline. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not, nothing has been enticing yet. It certainly can change because sometimes leading up to like those final few hours of the deadline, 
owners start, you know, yelling at their GMs, like, get me this player. I don't (laughs) care what it takes. Just make it happen. Um, So it it could, it could certainly happen in, you know, in, in those late hours in, in on Thursday where a team panics and, and, you know, offers up way more than the Hawks expected. And and they, I mean, Travis Schlenk wouldn't be doing his job if he wouldn't consider that just because of the fact that if the Hawks did end up matching a contract offer this upcoming off season, they're going to be over the salary cap. And Mm. once you go over the salary cap, um, it's very hard to maneuver to make other deals around those players. You have to be 100% sure that Trey, who's going to end up getting a max um, deal this summer, it won't kick in until the following season. But, I mean, he, he's the, fr- the franchise, so he's going to get that, that contract. So you're going to have one max contract on the books already. Are you okay with having two? And then the next summer, DeAndre Hunter is avail- mm-hmm. I mean, available to get a max contract. I mean, with the way he's played and, and yeah. the way he's emerged as a, you know, a legitimate growing number two option who, who's a really good defender and, and he can create for himself. Well, what, what happens when that comes? So yeah. you're going to have three max contracts possibly on, on the books. So that's why Collins, he's kind of, it's unfortunate that he's kind of like screwed being like the first guy who's available because the Hawks aren't a championship contender. I get that. They're in the, the fourth seed right now. They're not winning the championship this year. Right. Um, they, I mean, I mean, they could win a, a f- their first round series. I don't know. I, I didn't expect them to to be a team that could advance in the playoffs this this season. But if they end up matching Collins again, they have to be one hundred percent certain that this roster, Trey, John, DeAndre, mm-hmm. maybe Cam, Capella. Mm-hmm. It can grow into a, a championship team. If they don't think that that they can, then it's probably better to let John go, try and trade him. You know, you can let the the, the season play out and, and do a right. sign and trade or whatever, or or even even like they could match and end up tr- trading him at a later date. It's just the fact that once you go over the salary cap, it, it's really really difficult to maneuver your roster around. So many options. Uh, will you real quick tell me what what is a max deal? Because tell me how how you decide what a max deal is. Because I hear this all the time, every year. What how, how do they d- define a max deal? You're talking about like the dollar amount or just the kind of player? No, the dollar amount. Yeah, the contract. Yeah. So if you have a um, your own player, you can sign for five years. Um, I think the the dollar amount is 160 million somewhere around there. Mm. Um, so 30 uh, per another, yeah. So it's around 30. So another team can't offer that fifth year. They can do four years, and I think the max for a, a, a team that you don't play for, I think it's four one twenty eight somewhere around there. Okay. Again, that's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> John is one of the best free agents available this off season. It was expected that this 2021 class was going to be loaded. A lot of those guys ended up re-signing with their teams. Giannis specifically with Milwaukee, he mm-hmm. was the one guy that a lot of teams across the league were clearing out cap space with the hopes that he would enter free agency. Dallas, Miami, uh, those teams specifically do need um, you know a power forward um, and someone of John's caliber. And it wouldn't be a surprise if either of those teams end up offering John the money that those teams had cleared out for Giannis in the hopes that, you know, they get a 23 year old who can be a 2010 guy. Mm. Joining us is new friend of the show, Chris Kirshner, uh, talking all things about our Hawks and what's going on this season. Uh, we talked about this West coast swing they're on right now. Uh, obviously one and one beat the Lakers lost to the Clippers. What would you say is a successful West coast trip as far as, uh, a record wise if they can get through this stretch. Yeah, I, I thought entering the road trip, if they left this this um stretch five hundred, even one game under five hundred on, on the stretch, I, I thought it was gonna be a success just because of the fact that when you're on the road for this long and the season is so condensed and there's no playing time and there's you play a game, you travel, you play a game, you travel. It that's really difficult. Um I, I mean, they were, we're recording this on Wednesday, and they have the Kings tonight. It's a team that they they should beat on on paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They beat they they beat them a, 
a few weeks ago. Um, but you never know just because of the fact that, um, any, any NBA team can win any, any night, um, and the travel does add up. So if they could leave this trip around 500 or at 500, I, I do think it would, it would be a success just because of the fact that the Eastern conference this year is so packed together. I mean, mm-hmm. the Hawks are 22 and 21 and they're, and they're their four seed. I mean, yeah. in normal years, <laughs> if you're one game over 500, you're the seventh or eighth, or maybe sometimes even ninth or 10th. Yeah. Just yeah. this year, everybody's so packed together outside of Milwaukee. Eve, Eve 500. I, I think they will definitely take that. Good stuff. We, um, we, that's last week we were talking about this. They were, at, I think when we recorded last week, they were at six games. And I, and I, and I said, I was like, if they can go out there and be three and five on this road trip, I would call that a success. Mm-hmm. And they handle business by taking LeBron out of the game early and uh, get that first win. But the Kings were obviously to me, the most winnable game on the, on this schedule, on this eight game uh, stretch. But um, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, I think that the, um, you know, I think that the, if, 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 the Falcon, if the oh, sorry, if the Hawks think that they can be like the four seed, I think that's I think that's where they can they can top out. Although you got teams like the Knicks that are playing improved ball for sure um, that that can compete for that. But um, if they don't think they can end that high, does that affect what they do from a from a, a roster standpoint? No, not at all. Um, just because of the fact that coming into the season, they were not projected that to be as high as they are right, right. now. Um, even internally, they did not think that they were going to be this high. Um, so I don't, I don't think that impacts what they decide to do. Um, again, like I said earlier, wrestler Tony wrestler the owner admitted before the season um, to me that they didn't have a championship roster and he knows that and that's okay like you know not every team can win uh, a title every single season they're mm-hmm. building toward that you know they were 20 and 47 last year he he wanted to see meaningful progress this year um, meaningful progress being they get to the playoffs maybe they can make noise in the first round and and that would be a success for the Hawks this season, just because, you know, you can't go from 20 and 47 to, you know, jump up and you're in the Eastern conference finals next year, unless you just totally um, revamp your roster, which is not what the Hawks are doing. Um, So I I do think that um, when you just look at what they're doing, I do think that they're on the right path. I do think that they have the right players on the team. I do think that, they can make moves, big moves if they wanted to, just because they have all their draft capital. They have the young players that teams mm-hmm. want. So they, they could end up, you know, making a big move. I don't know about, you know, right now, but this off season when they evaluate what they did this season. Um, so I, I do think that they are trending in the right direction. Chris, I think that's probably the number one thing that people are most excited about is this team is going in the right direction. Obviously, uh, you don't want to ever lose your head coach. You don't want to have to go through the, you know, growing pains that you had through in the middle of the year. But looks like things are trending the right direction. Uh, you mentioned it. No, it's not a, a championship caliber team right now, but going to the playoffs is huge. Would love to hear your take on who you think comes. Obviously, is Brooklyn a team that comes out? And, you know, is it the Lakers? Is that, you know, a matchup you see happening uh, for for all the chips? Yeah, I mean, it, right now, and again, it's, it's dependent on uh, LeBron's health and Anthony Davis's Maybe. health. But if, if they're 100% healthy going into the playoffs, I think they're going to be the team that comes out of the West. I mean, anytime you have two of the best five players, six players in the league, yeah. however you want to, you know, rank Davis, yeah. um, I mean, that's difficult to, to beat. Um, and then in the East, you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving on one team. I don't know how you stop that because <laughs> yeah. even if, say, even if Harden and Kyrie aren't playing well one night, well, you still have Durant, who's one of the best players in the world. Sharp shooter, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's really difficult to see any team other than Brooklyn coming out of the East. I mean, th- this is, this is what they were trying for this year. They have yeah, three right. of the best players. And anytime you have three of the best players, it's championship or bust. So 
Um, you know, I, I do think that they have enough to get out of the East and not even mentioning they have Joe Harris, who's one of the best three point shooters in the world. Mm. So yeah, all the attention is going to be on the three guys I just mentioned. And, and Harris is going to be open for all the three. Yeah. Um, okay. you know, if, if they get Andre Drummond from Cleveland, if, if they end up buying him out, they'll have at least a, a more of a defensive presence, I'm not saying Drummond's a good defender by any means, but at least he'll be better than, you know, what they have now in DeAndre Jordan. Um, So it's just, it's so difficult to see any, any team beating Brooklyn in in the East. So those are my two picks. It's crazy. I, uh, I went to one game this season and it was the game when they played Brooklyn and I'm like, how easily these guys can get buckets. It's crazy. Like they get buckets any kind of way possible. Uh, and it looks effortless when they do it. So I'm with you, man. That's a that's a tough uh, three piece to stop there for anybody, like you mentioned, let alone the Lakers uh, and anybody else in the East. Uh, before we let you go, man, we we want to thank you for joining us uh, here on the Triple Threat Podcast. We appreciate all your insight. Obviously, uh, you're in tune with the Hawks, and I'm sure everybody will love uh, what you mentioned to us today. Uh, let people know how they can follow you, how they can uh, read stuff all your stuff and, and let people know how they can find you. Yeah. Um, if you're not subscribed to the athletic, highly recommend it. We cover mm-hmm. pretty much every single team. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Kirshner. So thanks again for, for listening. And I appreciate the time. Thanks all right, Chris. That's my man, Chris Kirshner there from the athletic talking all things Hawks. He even gave us a couple picks on who he thinks going to be in the big game. So Chris, we appreciate you joining us, man. This has been another great edition of the triple threat podcast. My man, Chris, my man, Scotty D. I'm DJ Shockley. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.